0: Welcome to the American Nomad podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Hawley.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the American Nomad Podcast. I am your host, Rav Hawley. This is the Libertarian Hour, where we discuss everything from current events to politics to modern-day nomads, living and vehicle-dwelling, living minimalistically, off the grid. Welcome, everybody. No, Not sure who we got here uh, on the show yet. Let's go ahead and fade this music out. I'm still getting used to this new software, guys, so uh, bear with me, but... Uh, we're doing a little better here I think. Uh, different camera angle. I keep tweaking things. I don't like uh, the way things are set up so I move things around. Uh, so this is a entirely new setup. I apologize for the show last uh, Monday because the the resolution got off in the software so instead of shooting at high definition we were shooting like at 480p or whatever. That's why the the, the picture looked so funky. I kept looking at it, going, "What is the deal with this?" I guess it was because I changed computers and it didn't save the setting or something. But uh, anyway, we got the we got it back uh, at where it should be. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys uh, to the show. Should be a good show today. It's uh, the Hump Day, of course, December thirtieth, twenty twenty. I ended up uh, wishing my dad a happy birthday today. He's a young man. He turned 81 years old today. So I want to say uh, happy birthday, Dad. I don't know if you're watching the show or if you watch the show, but if you end up watching the show, happy birthday to you, Dad. Uh, 81 years, man, It's so it makes me so happy every year when I can actually call and wish him a happy birthday. Uh, I do cherish that. It's not everyone that lives to be 81 years old. I never knew that he would live to be 81 years old, and uh, I hope he still has many more years to come, uh, because it's a real pleasure to be able to call and wish your father a happy birthday on his birthday. Anyway, let's get into the chat here, see who we got. We got Random Nomad. What is going on, buddy? Good to see you. Uh, cool new intro. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm working on it. Uh, I'm tweaking this thing, tweaking it, tweaking it. Uh, my goal, uh, Random Nomad, was to have this thing dialed in by the first of the year. Uh, so to add, you know, I've just been winging it, uh, but now I'm doing an intro. I want to have it more professional when people uh, on YouTube actually do stumble onto the show. So it's not just me uh, winging it. So I want to have it a little bit more professional. So I'm working on it, buddy. I really am. And I appreciate you always being here to uh put up with my soapbox ranting. Somebody's got to, right? Anyway, uh as you saw by the title today's show, we have uh it's not a it's not a heartwarming topic, uh being this is gonna be the last show of the year. Uh we won't see you again till next year. Uh, that sounds kind of funny, right? Uh but yeah, we uh there's a a video that's going around of a Native American gentleman, a uh, Daryl House, uh, who him and his sister was out in one of the national parks, the monument, can't think of the name of it, and uh, right outside Albuquerque, New Mexico. And they were hiking out there, ended up getting off trail, uh, ended up being approached by a ranger, a park ranger. And I've had so many dealings with park rangers. Uh, You know, and, and it's funny because they either go one of two ways. You get a park ranger... Most of them that I've dealt with was out of Joshua Tree National Park because I lived five minutes from the park when I lived in Joshua Tree, and uh, those park rangers out there, man, they're so welcoming and so nice. Even when you're do, even when I have seen, not me, but I have seen people doing things wrong that they're not supposed to be doing, and the park rangers approach them and tell them, "Hey, you can't be doing that." But they approach them in such a friendly, kind way. But then you have a, you know, in any law enforcement, in any government agency, you always have the egotistic, egomaniacs that were probably picked on in high school or picked on in school. Or I don't know, they're just, they're ego tripping and uh, they're, they just let their ego get in the way of their job and they let things just get out of hand. And I feel like that's what happened in this case. Granted, Mr. Daryl House and his sister were breaking the law. They were off the trail. Now, another thing I will say, living in Joshua Tree and having to deal with the L.A. element. That's why people don't realize this from L.A. But the locals in Joshua Tree, they do appreciate your money. They appreciate you when you come out there and you spend your money in Joshua Tree. Because if you don't know, Joshua Tree, California, it's a very famous town. Uh, All of the old rockers from the 60s were out there recording music. It was Jim Morrison's favorite place, Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree uh, from the doors. Uh, he actually, there's YouTube videos you can find on YouTube of him out in Joshua tree, uh, literally five minutes from where my house was in Joshua tree, but the locals appreciate your money, but they don't really like you. There's literally a t-shirt out in Joshua tree, uh, that they wear that the locals wear that says you're not in LA anymore, but please go back or something like this to so something to that effect. There's an Instagram account for all the locals that literally despise people from L.A. And if you're like me, uh, I'm originally from Texas, so I kind of got a pass. But if you're like me and you move out to Joshua Tree uh, from L.A., you're not really welcomed out there uh, like I thought you would be. So uh, it ended up being very... uh, Uh, I ended up being very isolated out there. I ended up meeting a few locals, but they judge you really quickly. And if they think you're that L.A., got that L.A. vibe, they don't really want to have too much to do with you. The only people that really take you in out there are other L.A. locals that have moved out there. And for good reason, because all of the L.A uh, inhabitants that find out that there's cheap land out there and cheap houses, they flood out there. And now in about 2015, 2014, 2015, with the rise in popularity of Airbnb, all of the LA rich people have moved out there and bought land. And now the, the housing prices are through the roof and the locals out there are very blue collar, you know, just your average, you know, work, at, they work at the casino and 29 Palms or they're bartenders or they work at the Dollar General, you know, they're not rich. So when the LA locals go out there buying up property and throw and making the, the property value go through the roof, it doesn't really help the locals, the locals end up selling and getting out and and moving out of there. But anyway, that's another story. But I have seen the LA locals or the LA Element going out the Joshua Tree and just acting like fools, parking off you know parking on the you know out of there's a parking lot and they'll park up on the land on the grass which you're not supposed to do you're not ever supposed to get off the pavement uh, in the Joshua Tree Park and I've seen them parking on the the land when there's a parking lot because the parking lot is full they'll find a place and pull up in the and you know that stuff drives the park rangers crazy and I absolutely understand that. So I'm sure you have the same element out in New Mexico. Plus, you have all of the teenagers, which is the biggest problem is the local teenagers. It's actually not the, you know, in in Joshua Tree, it's actually not the L.A. locals. I mean, the L.A. element, it's the locals out there. It's their teenagers that are bored to tears that are running around graffiti painting all the rocks. And, you know, you do get them from L.A. too. But for some reason, uh, young people love to 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 paint rocks you know or, or graffiti stuff and when i was living out in joshua tree there was literally three or four instances of park vandalism uh by people graffitiing stuff uh, graffitiing stuff you know old old stuff in the park that uh you know had been there for years and all of a sudden uh one of them was over by the da- the old dam or whatever i don't remember exactly what it was but they graffitied all over it and And uh, the park spent—I don't know—I think it was ten or fifteen grand to clean the the graffiti off and have to restore the monument. You know that kind of stuff. I totally understand. So that's why the park rangers are there—is to basically. You know, curtail that. That's their job. They are basically law enforcement officers. A lot of people don't understand that. They are law enforcement officers. Uh, if a park ranger approaches you because you're doing something wrong, you look. You should look at that park ranger exactly like he's a police officer because he basically is. Uh, he has the right to detain you and he has the right to arrest you if you're breaking law or doing something wrong. With that being said, what happened with this deal in New Mexico is it's on another level of lunacy this park ranger uh you know granted the native american kid guy he's not a kid the native american gentleman and his sister they were off the trail with their dog which in now if you want to get a park ranger upset i don't know what it is i mean understand it's the you know it's it has to do with the local wildlife and stuff and they don't want your pet you know damaging the the natural habitat and stuff i understand that uh but if you want to if you want to freak a park ranger out even in joshua Tree, if you want to freak a park ranger out take your dog out on a hike off trail and you're not even supposed to have a, an animal in the park you're not if you're in an rv and you pull up to joshua tree national park and you have your dog in the in the rv if they find out about it they won't let you in they're not, you're not supposed to take any animal out into the Joshua Tree National Park. And you will see, I've seen, I've seen tourists from everywhere, you know, with Oregon plates, with Washington plates, with Arizona plates, pull up in their rig, in their RV. The first thing they do is open the door, let their big German shepherd out, and he's just running around in the parking lot. Uh, they're just letting him run around the park, not even on a leash. And he's not even supposed to be in the park. So if I was a park ranger, I would be all over there, you know, just because they're not supposed to be in the park. Uh, I lived out there for four years. I can't remember. Uh, Four years. And not one time did I take my little dog, Charlie, out to the park, Uh, you know, and, and because if I took him in the RV out to the park, Uh, there's at a certain time, he's going to need to go to the restroom. So if he needs to go to the restroom, you have to take him out into the park. He's not supposed to be in the park. So, you know, you're disrespecting the park and everything that goes with it. So I understand that on the park ranger's part. uh, But the way he handled the situation, I mean, it's, you know, I've been very pro law enforcement with all of the stuff that's going on with the BLM and everything, but it makes it really, really hard for me to, side with law enforcement when you're seeing something like what we saw with this uh with this interaction with the park ranger and uh this native american gentleman uh it's just uh it got completely out of hand it shouldn't have happened and uh You know, even though the park ranger was within the law, he needs to be reprimanded. He needs to learn how to handle that situation a lot different. And what worries me is there's an element of law enforcement in New Mexico, which New Mexico is a flaming blue liberal uh, state. But there's an element of law enforcement in New Mexico that's very worrying. Uh, you know, they shot a homeless man that was, uh, I don't think he was camping. In, he may be camping in the park, but he was like just living, inhabiting somewhere out like in the, you know, out in the boonies. And they confronted him and uh, he was unarmed and ended up shooting him like four or five years ago. But anyway, without further ado, uh, you know, let's discuss this topic. But if you haven't seen the video, I want to show you the video, but uh, <clears throat> I want to show you the video, but just keep in mind that TMZ has now released a full video that has, that was actually taken by the officers, um, uh, the officer's cam. So he had a, he had a vest cam on. Uh, so there's a longer video out there that actually shows much more interact, shows the entire interaction. So, um, uh, this one makes the officer look even worse, but we'll, we'll discuss it, but let's, let's before... Before we go on, let's uh, watch the video and talk about, it, and then we'll talk about it. If it'll work, if it'll play, and it's not playing. Hmm. Well, I haven't had that problem before. Yes. There it is.
0: Help! 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 Oh. What are you doing? Yeah. What? Show me. I don't have sir. This guy is attacking us. I don't have you Show me your hands. My my hands. All to do. Stop. stop. You're not Put your hands behind your back. Do it now. Stop. Put your hands behind Sarah, your back. Please. Do
1: it now. I'm stop. I'm a peaceful person, sir. Put please. your hands behind your back please. now. Stop. Do it now. Please.
0: Give me your hands! Give me your hands! Yes. You're not Stop! Your hands, what are sir, you sir? doing?
1: I'm not, I'm not Stop doing it. anything!
0: Sir, Ex- what You're are you, escalating you doing? This. You're, escalating You're escalating this escalating too high! Down. Right now, turn around now put your hands behind your back.
1: Do it now. Do it now. Please, sir. I'll, do i now. Sit. I'll sit. Sit down. down. Sit down. <sighs> Ma'am, do you mind please getting the dog?
0: Excuse me, Geronimo, come on. Come here.
1: Sir, give her the dog.
0: Stop. What are you doing?
1: <laughs>
0: this you didn't even have to do this. You're going to this. Please this You didn't even have to do this. We didn't even do anything. Not getting my hand. Give me. We didn't do hand. anything. You,
1: do it now. Do it now. Sir, do it now.
0: Give Sir. me your hands. Give me your hands on the ground, give me your hands. Stop, what are you sir, doing? Give me your hands. You stop. can't be doing this. Sit back down, do it now. You have no legal right to do this. Record, Winona, please.
1: Sir, Put your get down on the ground again. Get down on the ground or you will be tased again. Are you recording this, Winona? Yes, sir. Yes. all right so as you can see uh <clears throat> that escalated into a absolute mess and uh you know they were both at fault they're both adults if you watch the full video that's been posted by tmz now the Native of american was uh gentleman uh mr daryl house was very standoffish when he was approached by the park ranger uh and you know wasn't very polite i you know I saw, I saw, you know, it's not, I didn't see that, you know, it's not that I didn't see that. I did see that. Uh, He was very rude to the park ranger. The park ranger was very nice and very cordial with them uh, in the beginning uh, and basically told him that he just needed his ID because he was going to issue him a warning. He said, man, give me your ID or give me your name and uh, I'll issue a warning and you'll be done with me. You'll get your warning and I'll be out of here. I just need to make sure that you haven't been warned before. Uh, so that actually all does add up and it all does make sense. My whole problem with this whole thing though, is they're in the middle of freaking nowhere. This is there. It's not like they're, you know, in the middle of the city. So let me tell you right away, if I was approached by a park ranger out in the middle of nowhere like that, I would probably be pretty standoffish too. Cause I'm out here minding my own business. So you have no business out here messing with me. Uh, and that's the problem with with these parks, because there's such expansions of land. And then you have basically park rangers, which is a police department that are out there uh, policing the park, which they have to do it because you have knuckleheads, like I said, that graffiti and tear stuff up. And, you know, one thing I did see the last time I was in Joshua Tree, which was New Year's 2019, me and my friend Sarah. Uh, we ended up making the news because there was a, what was going on out there at that time? I can't remember, but there was like a big thing going on at the park and the news crews were out there and we pulled in and uh, they actually caught me and Sarah both uh, pulling into the park on the news. Uh, we made the the LA news that evening. So, uh, you know, I understand. And, and what, what I was going to say is Sarah and I was out and I was vlogging. I was doing a vlog for the YouTube channel here and, uh, or my other YouTube channel. Yeah, it was my other one. And uh, we saw a Joshua tree that somebody had literally broken a uh, limb off of a Joshua tree, uh, probably by trying to climb on it or something. So I didn't even notice it at first, but somebody pointed it out right away when they watched my video. And then when I went back and watched the video, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, because they were, uh, what was going on? I can't remember what the heck was going on. But there was a whole bunch of people that were in the park, and then they were going to close the park. Maybe it was a government shutdown or something. I can't remember what it was. A big event that was going on. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember what I labeled that video. The truth, I relabeled it. The truth about what's going on in Joshua Tree National Park. But anyway, it was uh, you know, but the park rangers are out there to um, you know, police the park. And Random Nomad brought up a good uh, point. He said that uh, that the park rangers have more um authority than actual police department and then he said maybe it's game wardens that is game wardens actually uh uh random nomad it is game wardens uh game wardens have a lot of authority they can actually there's some kind of law that i can't remember it's the. it's like the the texas rangers and the game wardens i know they have this 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 special Statute or whatever it is, but I believe it's game wardens that can actually enter your home or enter your dwelling if they actually want to without a warrant. There's some uh, there's some crazy things that game wardens uh, can do. Uh, They have you know you hear that that they have more uh, authority than actual law enforcement. Uh, So yeah, I I don't know all the the specifics of that, but that's uh, evidently that's you know that's the case. Let's get back in the room. Joel P. Welcome, buddy. Good to see you. Uh, Joel P. says, National Park Rangers are equal to national police. Yes, very true. Um, that's very true. Oh, I hit the wrong comment there. Uh, that is very true. Uh, national Park Rangers are equal to national police. Yeah, very true. A lot of people don't understand that, though. I think a lot of people see park rangers, and they, uh, they immediately... They immediately uh, think they're like security officers. You know, like if you go to the mall and you see the mall cops, you're not too concerned with them because you feel like they're not really police officers. Uh, park rangers aren't, are not real police officers. But like I said, uh, out at Joshua Tree National Park, which because I lived out there, I've been in a lot of national parks in this country. But the most I ever had interaction with the park rangers was out in Joshua Tree. Like even I would go out to Joshua Tree and uh, you had to pay to get into Joshua Tree National Park any day during business hours. But if you went out there after business hours or after, you know, like, I think like seven or eight o'clock they close the ranger station at the gate entrance and you could just drive into the park because there's a, a road there's a little highway that runs through the park that's a it's a it's a highway it's a thoroughfare it goes from one side of the park to the other side of the park and you come out on another road so people commute going back and forth through that road so but if you're in the park during the day you have to pay Uh, when you go in so what I would do because I would do a lot of hiking out there in the summer and it's too hot during the day in the summertime to be hiking out there it's really dangerous people go out there and get in a lot of trouble and uh, you always hear them being rescued because uh, these LA city slickers go out there and don't realize you can't just be hiking around when it's 112 degrees during the day but I would go out there about 11 o'clock 11 o'clock p.m. and I would find a hike uh, or something I wanted to go see or hike out to, and then I would be out of the park usually about 7 a.m. and the ranger station would li- literally usually open about 7:30 between 7:30, 8, 9 o'clock. It just depended. They didn't have like a specific time they op- always opened up. So sometimes I'd make it out of the park without paying, and then sometimes I'd have to stop and pay. There was a, and the, there was this one female ranger. She knew. I don't know how she knew, but she knew that I was al- that I was out there in the park hiking because she. She caught me a couple of times leaving i didn't get out before the ranger station opened and she caught me and she's like oh i got you this time you got to pay and i was like there must be like a security camera or something that catches the traffic and maybe she was monitoring when it was, she was close getting close to going to work or she was already in the ranger station but she hasn't she hadn't actually opened it up yet when i would be leaving because i would do this on a regular basis this was something because i would go out there and do night photography that was the main reason I was out hiking in the park is because I was doing my night photography. If you've never seen it, you can see some of it at ravholly.com At the end of the slideshow, there's a, there's a few pictures that I took out in Joshua Tree. I should show you guys, right? You guys want to see? I can pull that up if you want to see them. But I was out there doing a Joshua Tree collection trying to get a collection together to uh, of a moonscape collection that I was going to be uh, selling or try to get into a, a gallery in Palm Springs. It never came to fruition, so it ended up just being a, a lot of uh, hiking for the fun of it. Uh, random Nomad said, yeah, that would be cool. Okay, let's see here. Uh, I don't know if you guys, have you guys ever even seen my website? Let's, uh, let me, uh, let's do it this way. Let me add the stream here. And we'll go up here to let's see. So here's my uh, photography website. Oh, it's not gonna it's not gonna show the full pictures because I've got my monitor set up portrait wise. But you'll get to see them here at the end. Let's see if I can make this. There we go. A little, that's a little better. Uh, that just may kill killed the, the slide. There we go. So this is my photography website if you've never seen it. And it just kind of goes through the slideshow. And at the very end, uh, I have the pictures of uh, the Joshua Tree National Park that I posted or that I took. <laughs> we'll have to wait through the slide to get there, though. It's Tito Ortiz, Old Punishment, Justin McCullough, used to be in the UFC. That's London model, Amina Moz, from the UK. Mr. JT, for, uh, he's actually wearing a Bratling, but that was actually for Louis Vuitton. That was for a uh, jewelry and makeup, yeah, the jewelry right here ad campaign. Another one for the jewelry campaign. This girl right here is an interesting story. This girl right here is actually in prison for stabbing her boyfriend to death. I guess he had been abusing her for years and she finally got fed up with it and she uh, did a number on him. That's an old uh, deal for SVO I did like six years ago. Man, I forgot I had this many photos in the uh, rotation here. Sorry, guys. Gonna take a while to get through this. Let's see. Mister Joe P says, "Oh man, Rav, I have an idea for a YouTube show. It's based on responding to live chat of channels like Tim Pools or the like." Yeah, Tim's got a great channel. I was just watching that earlier, actually. It's a good idea, Joe. You should put that to put that make that bring that to fruition. Jesus, that was for raw sushi. Uh, that was owned by Benny Hana's. It's out of business now. New York model Josie. Man, I ever forgot I had this many pictures in the freaking. Well, we'll get there one these, one of these days, guys. I promise. It's a JT John Travolta for Louis Vuitton. My dog, Charlie. My Yoda dog. Oh, Miss Christy Otts. You guys might have saw her in my uh, ranch video. That was a band in uh, Long Beach. I shot their promos. Well, if I could speed through this, guys, I would, but... uh, you guys are getting a good taste of my photography stuff. This was a rich Indian guy that came in from Florida that wanted me to take his pictures. That's my old roommate, Razor Rob McCullough. Used to be the WC lightweight champion. Man, this is all stuff I shot back in my studio. That's the girl again that stabbed her boyfriend to death and is in prison now. This is a giant rock. It's the largest freestanding boulder. It's out close to Joshua Tree and Landers. Here we go, Joshua Tree National Park. Now, keep in mind, I call these moonscapes because I took these pictures. It was pitch black dark. The only light was the moon. I used the moon. This is a candle that I lit to give this little red radiance right there, if you can see it. But it was totally dark out here. I would use a flashlight. I would use a flashlight to shine on the rocks far away, a real uh, real powerful halogen flashlight. But anyway, yeah, we went through those really quick. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was some of my... Uh, stuff from Joshua Tree when I lived out there. So uh I've had a lot of uh you know I've had a lot of um interaction with park rangers and I've never had a I've never had a negative with any of the park rangers. But like I said, the park rangers that I always came in contact with were the park rangers in Joshua Tree National Park and they're very friendly. Uh they're there to, you know, they're there they're they're for the tourists, you know, to to keep people coming back, so they're very friendly, they're very helpful. If you have any questions, if you need to know something about the park, they'll let you know. Let's say uh, Joel P says, for the longest time, I thought Ben Benihanas was owned by the Invel- In- Evangelical Pastor Ben. Oh, that's Ben Hen, the Indian guy that's always uh, doing the. Um, uh, talking in tongues and stuff. You don't see him anymore. What happened to that guy? Is he still alive? Man, he used to be on the TV so much. Yeah. I actually, it's funny you said that because I actually kind of thought that myself at one time, Joel P. Uh, but yeah, Benny uh owned a sushi place here in California. They may have been in a couple other states. I don't really remember, but it was called Raw Sushi. But it was spelt like A-R-A-Sushi. Uh, and I did a bunch of photography for portraits and, and photos that went up in the restaurant. Mr. Lamont, driving home Lamont. Good to see you, buddy. He's driving home Lamont says, wow, when you ended the slideshow, my screen cleared up 100%. Oh, what was you have You were having screen problems? That's weird. I didn't see it. see good to see you driving home uh, lamont how's that uh, step van going you getting that thing uh all put together i looked i checked your channel out the other day but i didn't uh i didn't get a chance to go through a whole bunch of videos i was just kind of scrolling through and watching little snippets of everybody's looking for some nomad news uh which is coming back guys uh if you remember if you know my other channel nomad news i've been waiting on the first of the year uh putting out a new video for nomad news first of the year which is right around the corner. So if you like Nomad News, it'll be back. I'm just working on uh, getting the uh, format down right now because the way I was doing it before uh, when I had my old office, the way I was doing Nomad News, it was killing me. It would take me 12 hours to do a video uh, to find, to research the nomads to find stories if it wasn't just something that was drama or breaking news in the nomad community. I would search through all these videos, watch all these videos, trying to find snippets or something that would be interesting for you guys to watch. And then I'd have to download every video that I was gonna that I was going to talk about and cut out the little snippet, like a little thirty second clip. So I'd have to download the whole video to my computer, then go in my editing software, cut it out, set all of those in the timeline. And it, it was a lot of work uh, for not a lot of uh, monetary benefits. So that's kind of why I got away from it. But uh, with this new software that I'm using right now, I think because like you just saw, I showed you that that. Uh, my website, I should be able to basically do this show kind of like I'm doing in this format here, but just record it instead of of streaming it live. And then my idea is, is once I start streaming the show, I mean, start doing Nomad News again and get a following built back up in Nomad News, then I'll be reaching out to the Nomad community uh and trying to get them to come on the podcast on this channel so that's my 2021 goal not sure i'll ever make it there but that's you know that's what i have in the works uh you know my my goal for 2020 was to get this podcast up and get it running and get everything all the bugs ironed out of it uh and i'm getting close You can see this is a different camera angle. I keep changing the camera up because I'm not happy with the way, uh, you know, I'll watch back a little bit of the show and I'm like, I don't, the aesthetics of the camera, I don't like it. And being a photographer, I should be able to frame this up with no problem. The biggest problem I'm running is, is I have a big monitor here and then I have a big monitor here and this monitor is up this way. This monitor goes across this way and I have them right side by side. So it's like this, one big monitor and then this monitor here, but they're side by side. So with that being like that, I couldn't, I couldn't have the camera, uh, level with me. So I always had it way up high looking down on me, which I really didn't like. So but I like having my monitors side like really close. So where the camera is now is where the monit the the big monitor goes. So I've slid my monitor over to the side and I'm just dealing with it because I like this aesthetic better for the camera. So you guys let me know what you think. I always appreciate your feedback. Uh, and I take it to heart when you guys give me critiques or tell me what you think, but I think this is a better, more personal camera setup than the camera way up high and over. And the other thing is, I have this huge softbox up here that I bought, this huge lighting softbox, and the way that I have the camera set up over the computer, I could never take, uh, I could never use this freaking softbox for its, you know, like it's supposed to be used because it was way up too high, looking down. So I'm. Uh, I'm liking this better. Uh, let's see. Driving home says, just came out of Baton Rouge today. Baton Rouge, man. That's a great goth Garth Brooks song. A girl that I used to have a crush on. Um, she actually just, she's, uh, on the, on the brink of being married now. She had a baby not long ago, but one time we were talking, uh, on a pretty regular basis and she's from Baton Rouge. She lived here in LA. She just had a baby and moved back to Baton Rouge, but I used to, uh, I send her that Garth Brooks song, uh, "Baton Rouge." I, I used to go over that bridge all the time in Baton Rouge, leaving Louisiana, uh, leaving not Louisiana, leaving uh, New Orleans, heading to Houston. When I used to work in Mississippi, I used to do that drive down I ten from Dallas, or I'd go from Dallas all the way to Houston, and then, or a lot, a lot of times, what I would do is go across the Shreveport on twenty. And I'd go to Surreport, Louisiana, and then I'd work my way down into Mississippi, and I had to work over there for three months, going to every Sally's Beauty Supply store uh, in eastern New Mexico and then in Mississippi. So I was uh, always over there working. And when I would get through Mississippi, I would haul butt back to uh, Dallas, and I'd go through uh, Baton Rouge on 10 uh, to Houston, and then up north uh, on 35 to Dallas. It's Hard to believe I remember that when I've lived in L.A. going on 15 years, 20 years. Driving Home says, yeah, it was nice today, mid-60s. That's what it is here. We just had a huge rainstorm here in Los Angeles uh, in Southern California, and it rained. I mean, it was raining a solid 24 hours. The streets were flooded. And we needed it because it never rains here, but uh, it was a little bit colder, probably down in the 40s, maybe high 40s, low 50s, and raining and chilly. Good sweater weather or hoodie weather, uh, which today was like 68. I told my dad, I talked to my dad in Lubbock. Uh, he was actually in Lubbock. My sister got him a new iPhone, so he was at Best Buy. It had been two hours. He'd been sitting in the parking lot for two hours waiting for Best Buy to get him this phone because my sister, who lives up in Dallas, she bought the phone for him at Best Buy. Uh, and he went to pick it up, but because my sister bought it, they wouldn't let him have the phone because he didn't buy the phone. He was there to pick it up as a gift. My sister just called into Best Buy, put an order in for an iPhone and then, you know, telling him, Hey dad, happy birthday. I bought you a new iPhone. You have to go to Best Buy in Lubbock, which is about 60 miles from where my dad lives out in the, out in the, the sticks. He said, he calls it 40th and plum plum back in the, what does he say? 40th and plum, uh, plum back in the uh, country and plumb back in the sticks or something like that but uh he went to pick it up and they wouldn't let him have it because he didn't buy the phone so he had been sitting in the parking lot for two hours trying to finagle with best buy so they'd let him have his new iphone but he said it was i think 36 37 degrees there and when i left new mexico when i was there in october it got down to 12 degrees 20 22 degrees 27, something like that. It was a little cold. Joel P. says, I I have bartended in Oklahoma. I'll say this Garth Brooks sure can sing karaoke of himself. Oh, I bet. Yeah, he's from Oklahoma. I think he still lives in Oklahoma, correct? He was, uh, he was all that in a bag of chips back in the 90s. Garth Brooks was the man. But uh, I'll be the first one to tell you that George Strait is the king of country music. Trav Man, you are something else, dude. Nomad News 2021. Thank you so much, Trav Man, for the $3 super chat. I actually have something set up for you, buddy. Let me see if I can... uh... see if this works. Look at that. Thank you, Trap Man. I really appreciate that. If you've watched the show for a long time, you remember back when I started this podcast at the beginning of the year, I actually had my old software that worked with my Nikon. I'm using my Sony now, but I actually had a software that worked with my Nikon camera and it kind of would do these kind of same things. I used to have a scrolling banner and I could put up little little things on the screen but then i went to obs and all that stuff went away until i started using the StreamYard. thank you so much trap man i really appreciate it buddy and on my other so- software obs it's got a it's got an auto alert that i worked on forever that actually just comes up automatically but we're not using obs now because we're using StreamYard. I wished I could take StreamYard and OBS and combine them, and then you would have the perfect streaming software. Because I got my new, uh, I got my new Stream Deck. I think I showed you guys this. So this is the thing I'd been telling you guys forever that I'd wanted, and I ended up getting it for Christmas. Uh, and uh, it, they're not cheap. Uh, by any means, especially this one. This is the largest which you can get. There's three different sizes. There's a tiny one that's like $85, it's got like six buttons. And then there's one with 15 buttons, it's about $150. And then this one's 250 with 31 buttons. But it, um, uh, It basically makes everything at a push of a button. So, like, if I had a song I wanted to play, I could push the button. If I wanted to go to a different screen, I could push a button. You just program in the buttons. If I wanted to go to a different camera, I could just push the button. So that's what a Stream Deck is for, but it's basically built to work with OBS, which is the old software that I was using before StreamYard. And I went with the StreamYard software uh, because it makes having a guest on very easy. Uh, but I am i don't know, I may, uh, once I get this thing set up, what I may do is actually go back and use OBS when I'm doing the show solo, like now, without a guest. I don't know, we'll see. Let's get back in the chat here. Uh, hey, going to add today's topic. Hey, going to add today's topic to the scroll. Oh, you think I should add the topic to the scroll? Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Travman. Driving home a month says, that would be cool to be in the bar and Garth walks in. Yeah, that would be super cool. I'd love that myself. So there was an old story about Garth Brooks back uh, when I used to live in Texas back, uh, I don't know, probably 98, 99. I heard this story that uh, somebody had broken down on the side of the road. They had had a flat tire or something. And uh, Garth Brooks came along, and I can't remember what he did. He paid to have them towed, or I can't remember what he did, but uh, he ended up doing something very nice for them. I just can't remember the specifics of it. But it, it basically became like this folklore throughout everywhere in that part of the country. Uh, Joel P. said, you would barely notice him until he started singing. Uh, I bet everybody would notice him. He's a, He's got a very uh, distinguished, very... Uh, everybody his mug everybody pretty much knows what he looks like oh you know what I can do Trav man let me see if I can do this I got that scrolling but I think I can do this wow look at that I don't even need the scrolling banner I'm learning new things all the time here I could actually uh look at that that's cool I kind of like the software. That's a, that's another reason that I'm using the software. I mean, I'm paying for it. One one reason is it's uh, twenty five dollars a month, which is not cheap for a uh, monthly subscription service. So it's not cheap, but uh, it's got some cool little bells and whistles. Uh, Joe P says no one did, no one did. It was the whole Chris Gaines thing. Oh, when he was doing the rock Chris Gaines thing, so he had the long mullet. He had the long hair when he was trying to be a rock star. Yeah. You can't blame him. I don't blame him for that. Trabman says, Yeah was saying you should add today's topic to the scroll. Okay, let's let's do that. It's a good idea, buddy. It'll take me a second to uh, edit it. Let's see. if i could spell and let's see if we can add that to the scroll now there we go so uh what, what do you guys think about the the this whole park ranger thing you think the park ranger was within his uh, i mean he was doing his job i mean i understand that but i think it I just don't know, man. I just think I would have had an attitude as well if uh park ranger, if I'm just out minding my own business with my sister and my, you know, just chilling and out in the middle of nowhere. And then you have to, you have to, um, you have to factor in that he's native, they're natives, you know, they're native Americans. So they felt like the land is theirs anyway. And it was basically stolen from them, which it was, you know what I mean? So they should actually kind of get a pass on these laws. I kind of think, you know what I mean? It's funny because I know, uh, in certain areas that are native heavy and the Native Americans are kind of uh, uh, I don't know what word to use that would not be offensive and you know not they're a little uh, I don't know what word to use. They cause there's some problems. Let's just put it that way. And so a lot of people uh, that live around large, towns and stuff where there's a large native the, the the anglo-saxon people get uh discriminatory against the native native americans because they feel like they get everything just handed to them by the government can we say i guess we could say it like that uh joe p says most indians don't think that way no you're right they don't uh one of my ex-girlfriends was full-blood navajo uh, that grew up on the Navajo Nation in Arizona. And she didn't think that way. But most uh, white people think that way. Most Anglos think that way. And, I mean, it's true. I mean, the land was stolen from them, but that's been happening all throughout history. You know, that's that's my biggest problem with, you know, this whole uh, the Jews being able to return to the homeland and just given to them when the Palestinians were already living there. I mean, it's, you know, if you get conquered, you lose your land. Nobody, it's, it's nobody's job to give it back to you. You know, the Native Americans, you know, it's, it's their own fault because they were warring with each other. They were warring with each other. If the, if the, if the Sioux and the Comanche and the Apache and some of these big tribes had got together, you know, to ward off the white man. They, the white man would have never established roots in this country. But the problem was, is they hated each other so much that they were warring with each other, that they never, they didn't come together until it was too late till the writing was on the wall. Uh, and they had already been overtaken. They couldn't fight. They couldn't fight the white men individually. Uh, and if they would have teamed up together, uh, it w- you know, this would still be native American land, but they had been warring with each other for years. The Comanche moved down into Texas, from up north uh you know and you know and, and took over uh you know the plains of texas the buffalo and was running the air the apache out uh and you know the comanche basically took over that area because they were the apache and the comanche were bitter bitter enemies P says indians traded this land with wars forever uh Random Nomad says, but also other Natives stole land from other Natives. That's exactly what I'm talking about. They were warring for years. So it is what it is. But uh, I feel feel like the park ranger was completely out of line. I mean, there was no reason for, even though the the Native American guy was pretty disrespectful to him, for that offense, there's no reason to taste somebody uh, because it all stemmed down to the Native American guy. The, the, the biggest problem was is what set the park ranger off is because he wouldn't give him his ID. And that's one of my biggest problems with law enforcement. I don't think they should just be able to stop you and ask you for your ID. Uh, with this case, though, the Native American guy was you know supposedly, supposedly breaking the law or was breaking the law because he was off trail. So the law enforcement officer, the park ranger has to have his ID to be able to, you know, write him a citation or writing him a warning or whatever he was going to do. But it just, that whole thing just escalated to a point that it just really didn't need to, Uh, you know, that with the, the spotlight that's being put on law enforcement right now, as it is, these law enforcement officers should be, they should be thinking about that. They don't need any bad PR right now. Now that's not, that shouldn't be a uh, open book for anybody to do whatever they want to do because law enforcement's scared to enforce the law. But in a case like this where the dude's just a, it's a guy and his sister and they're just walking off trail in the freaking wilderness and the park ranger chases them down because when the, when the park ranger caught catches them in the full video that's posted on TMZ, he's out of breath because he was running to check to check to chase them. And basically, it just says to me, he didn't have anything better to do. He didn't have anything else to do. So, you know, he's basically just out there, you know, looking for anybody to harass. Because he's got a job and he's got to find somebody that, you know, he can show his authority. It's kind of the way it came off to me. Being a libertarian, you know, I don't, I'm I'm 100% in in favor of law enforcement. I'm not anti-law enforcement, but I am anti-bad law enforcement. And that's just a bad, you know, it's just, You know, it was just, uh, it just got out of hand completely. Joe P says, I know, I know some tribes are racist towards each other. Most hate the Navajo. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. But then you have a lot, I think a lot, uh, a lot now the Native Americans have very much come together. There's not as much, uh, not as much hatred anymore. They pretty much all kind of look at each other as one. There's a lot of reservations here in California. And then you have over 100 tribes in the United States that have never been recognized by the United States government. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to get their tribal rights and get their own land and their own reservations. But they're just, they're basically lost tribes because they've never been designated. There was a time, I guess, back in the 50s or the 60s when the United States government designated... Uh, and recognized all of these certain official tribes. And there was all of these smaller tribes that were never recognized. There's over 100 of them. They're still fighting to get their recognition from the United States government. But it'll never happen because when you recognize the tribes, uh, then they get land or they get the same things as these other tribes got. You just had this thing in Tulsa, Oklahoma that happened about a year ago. I think it was about a year ago where they actually recognized that all of the land uh, that Tulsa, Oklahoma, the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma is built on is all tribal land. If you've ever been to Parker, Arizona, if you know anything about Parker, Arizona, Parker, Arizona, the entire town almost is, is all tribal land or one side of it. Where the casino is, uh, over by where the Pizza Hut is, where the Walmart is. All of that is tribal land. If you go to Parker, Arizona, you'll notice that you have tribal police and that's why you have tribal police because that's tribal land that that stuff is on. So that land is owned by the tribe that's there in Parker, the local tribe. I can't remember what the tribe is. I actually talked to one of the tribal uh, police officers when I was there last time because my tags, I took my snap on truck over there to get it registered uh, there and, uh, my tags expired while I was in Parker for RTR. They expired in November and I was there, I can remember, what was RTR January, I guess? And my tags were, or my tags expired while I was in Arizona. So I went in to get them uh, renewed or, and the title and everything changed on my Snap-on truck, but I was being followed, followed by police. So I pulled into a pizza hut really quick because I saw a cop and uh, it was funny because he pulled up and he was asking me about my truck and stuff. And he goes, "You building this into a camper?" I was like, "Oh man, how did you know?" He goes, "Oh man." He goes, "I'm all into this uh, nomad stuff." He goes, "I love it." He goes, "Can I see the inside of it?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Come on in." And he came in and checked it out. He goes, "Oh, this is cool. This is going to be really cool when you get done with it." And uh, I said, "Yeah." I said, "I'm." I, I saw. I said, "I saw you behind me." I'm a little. I was a little petrified because I let the tags expire. I've got to go to the DMV and get the tags and everything. Uh, the tags and everything and the title changed over and everything he goes well you're going to register it as an rv i said i would love to but i don't have the stuff in it right now for it to pass the arizona rv you got to get it expected by the state you can have running water and there's a few uh, stipulations that you have to meet for your rig to be an rv So I said, I can't do that yet. So I'm just going to retro it commercially goes, well, your tags are expired. So make sure you stay on this side of town because we won't mess with you. I'll let everybody know. And the tribal police won't mess with you if they see you with your expired tags. But don't go over to the other side of town because that's uh, municipal police and they'll they'll give you a ticket. I was like, oh, man, you're awesome. Yeah, for sure uh joe p says i'm actually sitting on that tribal land east of tulsa right now everyone here knew this was tribal land the state has had signs up for years yeah that's true uh, but i think what the main thing was is the tribe the tribes aren't getting their rights to the land is that is that is that possible is that the uh, explanation we knew it was tribal land. The whole thing, the funny thing is, is like uh, for us nomads that drive all over this country, when you drive around this country, uh, like my ex-wife, I actually pointed this out to her one time when we were driving around. I can't remember where we were, but we were driving around. And I said, do you see that? And she was like, yeah. I said, say that name. I can't remember what it was, but she's like, yeah. I said, that's Native American. Everything in this country, like in Minnesota, Wisconsin, all of these names, it's all Native American. People think people just actually think that everything is like for it's all done by you know the Anglo Saxons. No, everything in this country is all Native American. uh, Sioux Falls, you just start going through the list, man. Philadelphia, all of that is Native American names. It's the whole country is named after Native America is named by Native Americans. This entire country. Oklahoma uh, like all of Tulsa all of those names everything Chickata, everything every there uh, Tennessee all of that it's all Native American it's just we took the Native American names to name this stuff that you know that when we took it over Travman says park rangers have more authority than police do when it comes to calling it calling in the army for backup yes very true Travman Yeah, very very true they can call in the National Guard, I guess, right? Which your local law enforcement can't do that. But the ones, like like I said, the ones with the real authority are uh, bounty hunters. I mean, a uh, bounty hunter, are uh, bounty hunters, unfortunately. But uh, the main is uh, is uh, game wardens. Game wardens, yeah, they have a lot of a lot of authority. Hey, welcome back random nomad. So we're about 56 minutes in guys. We're just going to run this thing for an hour. I want to appreciate I want to I want to say I appreciate you guys joining me here. Uh hope you guys have an absolutely amazing new year. It'll be nice to get out of 2020, but I don't see 2021 starting any better. So, what do you think, uh, Random Nomad? Joe P. Trab, man, do you like this camera angle better, or did you like it back? Uh, did you like it better when it was kind of up, looking back this other direction? Give me some feedback in the comments, guys. Like what you think, because I change this stuff up, and I second guess it every time I change something up. And I want to say really quick that uh, oh, you're working, Random Nomad. I want to say really quick, touch on a topic. Like I said, we're 57 minutes into this thing. But so now there is a California just announced uh, my governor, who's a moron, just announced that uh random numbers says, I see of the, okay, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, the governor of California and what's being said now is there's this new super strain of the coronavirus. Have you guys heard about this? There's this new, uh, new strain of the coronavirus so i've got a couple of friends you know that lean conservative that are like okay here we go you know with the, the next hysteria uh you know the inauguration everything that stuff's coming up so now we got to go with more hysteria so i get that but i want to say that it feels to me like um I think there was always this second strain out there. I just don't think people were catching the second strain. I think it's always been out there, but I think this second strain, more people are catching it right now. The reason I say that is because in Italy and China and these other countries, we heard about these kinds of things a lot, but we didn't, we haven't really heard about it here in the States. Uh, Not a little bit back like in March and April and May, a little bit, but not a lot. But uh, I, t- I, heard, I saw a nurse, she posted on a blog, and I read her blog back in like May. And she was talking about people walking into the ER Uh, She was talking about this 32-year-old woman that had no underlying health conditions, who was like a yoga instructor, very healthy. She walked into the ER because she was complaining because she couldn't breathe real well. And the nurse talked to her, checked her in. Everything was good. And this was back in May. Checked her in. uh, they They got her hooked up to all of the machines. But she wasn't on a ventilator or anything. But she walked in, and within like 24 hours, she was dead. And so that was that was pretty scary back then. But we haven't really seen that since like May. We haven't really seen that kind of, you know, we've seen people get sick. There's been lots of people dying. But, you know, it's this long, drawn-out death. But this other strain, I believe that's what my friend Jerry, if you watched Monday's podcast. My friend Jerry was posting on Facebook. He's a 34, 35-year-old guy. I don't know how old Jerry was. He wasn't that old, though. He was a lot younger than me. Uh, but he was, you know, he was a big guy. He was, you know, obese, but he was just a big guy. Uh, but he was fine on December 16th. And I heard, I think it was the 18th or 19th that he caught the, that he, you know, his family, you know, caught and, and uh, realized they all had Corona or all had COVID. And he died on December 26th. So from the 18th, so within five days, four or five days, he went from getting going positive to dead. And there's an 18 year old girl uh, that that just happened to as well. Uh, She caught the virus on the 19th. She died uh, the day after Christmas day. That's exactly like Jerry. I mean, it's like a four day incubation period from testing positive or being positive with Corona to you're, you're done. You're gone. Uh, Let's see if I can find the article. And I, I listened to her mom, and it was just heartbreaking. Uh, and she was like an 18-year-old high school senior. Let me see if I can bring this up for you guys. Have you guys heard about this? It's i uh, you know, I'm on Bing here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tinley Park Teen, who died from COVID-19, remembered as the sweetest person you'd ever meet. Yeah, this is her. I mean... Uh, Sarah Cemental, I'm probably butchering her name. Man, I mean, it's just like she had no underlying health conditions. She's super young. She's 18 years old, just turned 18 years old. Uh, And she was fine. She died on December 26th, but she came down with COVID on, her mom said, on December the 19th. Let's see. Yeah, it's the only story that pulls up for Bing but that's like my that's exactly like my friend Jerry. My friend Jerry was fine. He was posting on Facebook on December 16th. Was his last post. And then boom, he's gone. Oh, and then uh here's we got one more. Uh this is uh the Louisiana, you probably know this. Uh uh Lamont driving home Lamont, your uh Republican State Senator, Louisiana State Senator, same thing with him. He was posting on Twitter, uh, just a few days ago. No, here we go with pop-ups and I don't even know how to get out of those pop-ups yeah. got Biden getting a shot. I'm trying to bring up the Senator that passed away and that site has a freak. I have to go to Fox news. So that site, I pull up that last one. It's got a bunch of pop-ups and a video showing the Republican senator that passed away. I, I Google that or I Bing that. And what comes up? Uh, Biden getting the shot, getting the virus shot.
0: Straight to a Fox News alert. 41-year-old Louisiana Congressman-elect Luke Letlow has died from COVID-19. The shocking news confirmed by his family Stopping overnight. Bring this up. <sighs>
1: Just uh, 10
0: days after he tested positive. If we Todd Vyra joins us with there the reaction we go. pouring in overnight. Todd, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Really tough news this morning. Letlow's death comes as a shock to Capitol Hill. The 41-year-old congressman elect was set to be confirmed this Sunday. Letlow was admitted to the ICU last week after he began to experience complications from COVID nineteen. Dr. Mark Siegel joined us earlier. He explains why Letlow's death is so unusual. Vast majority of the time it's elderly people that try to freaking this get this and, right and, screen. And the, the, the congressman was neither. It looked like it was his heart rather than his lungs. This is very unusual. It does not appear from what I'm hearing that he had underlying conditions. Reaction from Congress pouring in. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy tweeting, our hearts break tonight as we process the news of Congressman-elect Luke Letlow's passing. I spoke with his wife, Julia. Judy and I are praying for her there and her two young children during this terrible time. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also offering her condolences, saying, quote, as the House grieves Congressman-elect Letlow's passing, our sorrow is compounded by the grief of so many other families who have also suffered lives cut short by this terrible virus. Letlow leaves behind a wife and two young children. Flags in Louisiana will fly at half-staff for the Congressman-elect's funeral. Back.
1: So same with him. So I went to his Twitter page um, I literally went to his Twitter and he was just talking about people donating plasma uh, to help save lives uh, on, I don't know, like a week ago uh, when he very first, he, you know, he, he made a statement saying that he had come down with COVID. Uh, and then he made like a, two days later, he made a tweet telling people to be sure to donate plasma if you could, if you've already had uh, the virus, you could be saving a life. And then a day later, a couple of days later, he loses his life to COVID. So for me, it's like there's a stronger strain out there. I believe it. I think it's always been out there. But what I don't understand is why it's rearing its ugly head right now. Because uh, this strain that kills people in like four days, four or five days, uh, he's like the third person I've heard. My buddy, Jerry, my good friend, Jerry, was the first, this 18-year-old girl, and now him. He's He was 55 years old. Uh, and I actually wonder if it, if I, I think it might've been that strain that I got. And I think that's the strain that makes everybody deathly ill. And you really have to be in really good health to survive it. Uh, Michael Yo, the comedian, who's a avid, he's, he works out all the time. He's, you know, he was one of the first persons. He was on the Joe Rogan experience talking about when he had it. He almost, he thought he was going to die. He was in the hospital for like a week. Uh, And he got sick really quick, which is exactly like me. I realized I had it, and within a couple of days, I was sick, sick. So, uh, very interesting. Let's get back in the room. We're going to wrap this thing up, guys. We're about five minutes after. We're going to keep this thing right in an hour. Uh, Random number, it says winter months, colder weather. Very, could be, I actually agree with you. Definitely, definitely could be. Uh, Joe P says propaganda, you know, uh, I, I, I hear, I hear you on that. Uh, my deal is though, is, uh, when people are dying, it's not really propaganda. You know, I just had a friend die. I don't, I knew two people that had died, uh, before Jerry died. And those people died back in the summertime, like back in May. And they were both older gentlemen in their sixties. One was in the entertainment industry. He was a very popular first AD, uh, first assistant director in the entertainment industry. Everybody knew who he was. I didn't know him really well. I'd only worked with him maybe on set maybe one or two times, but I didn't really know him, but I knew who he was. Uh, and he passed away pretty quick. And then you had uh, a fr- I had a friend of mine that his dad passed away in New York, but I didn't really know him. I just saw the, you know, his my friend talking about his dad, uh, you know, that his, he had lost his, just lost his dad to COVID. So uh, until this, you know, until Jerry died here recently, um, you know, I really didn't know anybody that had perished from COVID. But you're just seeing these stories now really quick of people dying really quick. Random Nomad says, my boss almost died. Uh, Joe P is no real, really positives with antibodies. What do you mean by that Joe P? So I will tell you, um, I've kind of, ke- I've not kept a secret, but I really haven't said anything about this. So I had COVID back in the summertime, back in like May is when I came down with it. The end of April, uh, beginning of May. And I got really sick and, uh, you know, I recovered. And they're talking about, you know, could you get infected again, which I think you probably maybe can, you know, like chicken pox, you know, I have had, or shingles, for instance, I've had the shingles three times. And some people will tell you, you can only get the shingles once. That's not true. I've had it three times. So uh, it's, it is what it is. So I think once your antibodies diminish to a certain extent, you can probably get uh, COVID again. But here's the funny thing is I was around somebody that I shared some personal time with here about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and she tested positive for COVID. She contacted me two days after we had been hanging out to tell me that she had just tested positive for COVID. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's weird. Uh, hmm. Okay. I told her I said well I've already had it so I know what it's all about but then I kind of you kind of go into that whole thing of uh oh crap uh I've already had it once it almost killed me the first time so if I get it again is it going to is it going to take me out this time is it going to be even worse cuz maybe it, it's broken it broke my immune system down the first time cuz I've never fully recovered I'll be the first to tell you that I've never full I've never I'm probably 70% of what I was before I had covid my hair's falling out. My nails are brittle. My toenails are brittle. I have problems with my feet. My ankles swell up. I'm losing my hair. Just gobs of my hair is falling out. My teeth cracked. One of my teeth cracked. And one of the, th- the symptoms of COVID that you haven't heard of are people losing their teeth. They can just reach in their mouth and pull their tooth out and it doesn't bleed. So Don't don't think COVID. There, you know, it's it's all propaganda because it's not. Because I know people that I talk to people that have had COVID bad, like I did. And there's kind of a little underground community of people that know what suffering with COVID is really like. And I talk to those people, so. You know, if you haven't had it, you're lucky. And if you're one of the ones that get it and you're asymptomatic, which a lot of people are, the majority just don't have any, you know, they don't even have any symptoms. And I'm wondering if that's like a lesser strain of COVID or if it's something to do with your DNA or your your genome or something uh, that you're not real susceptible to the COVID. Like the Native Americans, the Navajo Nation has been decimated by COVID. So it's, it's uh, something to do with, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, Joe P says, it's us adapting uh, personal time. Yes, Lamont. So I had personal time with somebody who tested positive a couple of days after I did. So I did not go get tested again myself. Uh, and I just felt like I'm not, I just felt like I'm not going to get it. And then the funny thing is, is I look back on that time, like the week after, uh, I saw that person and I've had a couple of days there where I actually did feel a little bit crappy, but I didn't feel like I, you know, like I did when I had COVID, uh, but I was a little run down and didn't think a whole lot about it, but I'm wondering if I might've got a mild case of it again, but I ended up, I didn't quarantine for 14 days, but I didn't, I didn't go around anyone, uh, for a couple of weeks. I wasn't really quarantined. I was in my office, kind of quarantined. But uh, yeah, uh, Random Nomad says blood type. I would definitely possibly agree with that. The blood type could have a lot to do with it. But anyway, my point is, is I was around somebody to the point where if, uh, like I said, spending quality personal time with somebody that ended up testing positive for COVID a couple of days after I saw them, and I would have gotten really sick. I should have gotten really sick again. And I didn't. And I chalked that up to probably the antibodies I still have in my system from when I got sick in May. Uh, Joe P. says, I had it in December last year. Yeah, I hear that a lot. What were your symptoms, Joel P.? Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. So, it's like I told my buddy Trav uh, uh, Chevy Life. If you had it in December of last year, then we can't blame China for it anymore because it didn't. Because the first case in China came out on December the sixteenth of last year. So, if there's Americans that had it here in America in December of last year, then we can no longer blame China for it. China had nothing to do with it then because it didn't. It didn't break loose in China until the mi- middle of December. Like when I was in Texas, all of my friends in Texas, oh, I had a coronavirus and hell, I had it in 2018. Shit, I had it in 2015. It's been here for years. You know, well, then it's not China. It it originated in the United States because the Chinese Wuhan didn't get, get infected with it. The first case was diagnosed by a female doctor on December the 16th. And I have so many people that tell me that they had it in December. Of course, they had like... Uh, everything that they describe are flu symptoms, which when you have Corona, like I said, that underground, if you get in those underground, the people that are dealing with long term, cor- uh, Corona effects, you get in those groups. Yeah. We're not talking about the flu. It's nothing like the flu. It's a whole different, it's a whole different bag of chips, unproductive, rough cough for a week, nest back pain. Yeah. So I didn't have any of those. None of those. I didn't have a cough. Uh, I didn't have back pain. I didn't have any of that stuff, but everybody in Texas from my brother's new wife to everybody that tell that tell me, told me they had uh Corona in December or, you know, November, December of 2019 before it even broke loose in China, before China even went into lockdown before the first case had ever been diagnosed in China, uh, which, which is funny because, Nobody here in the States were saying that they were deathly sick with anything. They might have said they had the flu or something, but nobody said they were deathly sick. But it breaks loose in China, and uh, Trump locks everything down, like on January the 23rd here, travel from China. And within a month, it was broke loose here. And it was like a month and a half, April, that I had it. So as soon as it broke loose in China, it wasn't too long before it got here. But everybody's convinced that they had it before it broke loose in China. And if that's the case, then China had nothing to do with it. That's what I tell everybody. If you want to say it, if you had it in December, then China had nothing to do with it. It's not the China virus anymore. Uh, Animal, let's see. Trabman says, the beginning story and the long story of COVID-19 is a wet meat market in Wuhan, China. Had migrated bats that were, yeah, yeah, that was original. I've even seen those wet markets on video and stuff. So, yeah, that's the original that it came from a wet market. I kind of lean more that it came from a lab but who knows we'll never know but it i i believe it originated in china i don't believe anybody had it here before uh january or february uh i said there might have been some cases they think here in washington in the states uh in january and maybe even in california but i don't think anybody had it before january and everybody that I talked to, everybody in Texas, the everybody in Texas that I'd come into, they're like, oh, yeah, you had Corona. Well, I had it in December. Yeah, I, I had a really bad cough and this and that. And then I talked to them I'm like, huh. And they're all describing the flu. And then I show them a video of me on a breathing machine uh, in 2015 when I had an upper respiratory respiratory infection. That wasn't the flu. I was tested for the flu and all of this stuff. And it wasn't that. And they just told me I had upper respiratory infection, but I had to go in for breathing treatments every two, uh, twice every two weeks. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the American Nomad podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining me for this last show of the year. Uh, And we will see you guys back here next year. Let's see. um, I guess I should look at the calendar because the first is Saturday. Let's see. The first is Friday. Man, so uh, probably won't do a show Friday. Uh, Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, Probably won't be back until Monday the 4th is probably when we'll see you guys again but thanks guys for tuning in uh trav man thank you so much for the three dollar super chat buddy i really appreciate it joe p uh good to see you uh driving home lamont good to see you did i miss anybody mm. yep i think we i think we covered the gamut guys uh let me know in the comments uh, what you think about the new format and stuff uh and uh we will see you back here probably monday the fourth i don't think i'll do a new year's show but who knows i'm not going to say no because you never know i might get a wild hair that's going to do it guys for this show let me uh get into the right screen here my dog's got to go out he's letting me know he's like dad come on man let's do this uh My outro is not playing. That's weird. Well, I guess no outro today. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining me.